0: Welcome into the Octopus Podcast. I'm Nick Devion with my co-host. Well, just kidding. It's just me today. Lucas is on his honeymoon, so I'm going to be reporting a short episode just to keep us going and keep the momentum going. We're going to be talking about the bets that we had for this past weekend. We're going to go over our bets for this weekend, and we're going to recap some results and news around the leagues. We hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right, guys. Welcome in. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but we couldn't go longer without having a break, so it's just me today. I think I'm going to just get started by going over the results for opening day weekend, and we're going to go from there. So, we had Liga, the Premier League, and the Bundesliga kick off last weekend, and the results were, were pretty clear cut. Arsenal beat Crystal Palace 2 0, uh, Leon beat Ajaccio. and then we had Bayern smashing Eintracht Frankfurt 6-1 on opening day. That was Friday, August 5th. I think clearly the biggest takeaway from any of these games, Bayern obviously having a dominant performance. It looks like Musaila is going to be set up for a primary role this weekend. Uh, He played a lot on the left side of the midfield and was able to cut in, and then we saw Narby and Mane starting up front mostly. I feel like The lineup that they have, it's really corrected a lot of the needs that I thought they would probably have to face. The fact that they didn't really sign a striker to replace them, it seems like they're rolling with Narby and Mane as their upfront players, which was really Mm -hmm. interesting to me. We'll see if that lasts a long time, because in my opinion, I feel like either of these players is capable of going on a goal drought. And if they are to both occur at the same time, It'll be interesting to see who takes the scoring role, right? We've seen Thomas Miller do it. With it looks like he's going to have a breakout season. And Byron continues to have good supplements of players coming in and making great signings along the way. So we'll see what happens from there. Leon winning their game. I mean, I'm not going to get too much into it, but Alexander Lacazette scored a penalty as well. They ended up actually you know, being down to 10 men for quite a bit until – the end of the first half where Ajacio got a red card themselves and then it was 10v10 10 10 for the second half where, you know, it seemed like there was going to be a lot of action but Leon clearly dominated the game with possession and opportunities on goal. Arsenal beating Crystal Palace. You know, this is the game that I actually chose to watch and, you know, for the first 30 minutes, Arsenal looked as good as any team in the Premier League. Now... The difference between Arsenal and Liverpool and Manchester City is the consistency that they put together throughout the whole game. Arsenal can only do it for 20 to 30 minutes at a time, and then you know throughout they'll face times where they have to shut it down and to defend against the waves of attack from the opposition, whereas Liverpool and Manchester City a lot more consistently can dominate the entirety of the game. So, I mean, this was kind of a similar performance to what I've seen from last year. But at the same time, do I think the Arsenal team from last season comes to Selhurst Park and beats Crystal Palace? I do not. So I think this is a great result for Arsenal. You know, the the most difficult part of opening day weekend, especially in the Premier League, is all teams start out with essentially the same form because every team gets a clean slate. I know preseason can affect mentalities to an extent. But at the same time, the preseason doesn't compare to the league, right? So that's why a lot of the times the results you see in preseason don't carry over to the league and everyone gets essentially a clean slate. And that's what makes it so difficult for, you know, best to be placed on opening weekend because the form is unpredictable, you know? And you're gonna see that when we go into kind of the, next round of games. I mean, I'm really going to focus on the main results here. So if we're talking about Saturday, right, you had Chelsea beating Everton, 1-0. Bournemouth beating Villa, 2-0, which was a total shock, right, an example of what I was talking about before. Leeds United beating Wolves, 2-1. Newcastle beating Forest, 2-0. Tottenham beating Southampton, 4-1. Liverpool and Fulham drawing 2-2. So just another example of what you're seeing here. I mean, and then going to the other leagues, PSG, smacked Claremont, uh five nothing, Monaco beating Strasbourg 2-1. Dortmund beating Leverkusen in a huge game, one nothing. Great start to their season. We had Wolfsburg and Wedder Bremen drawing 2-2, Gladbeck beating Hoffenheim, 3-1. And, you know, those are essentially the games that I wanted to cover for Saturday. And also, you know, the you know, the Berlin Darby. Union Berlin being Hertha, BSC three one. So I mean, the takeaway from this weekend kind of doesn't really represent what I was seeing. Bournemouth had really good tactics uh, against Villa. You saw that Mings didn't really play, and Gerard kind of slammed him in the post game. And I, I honestly have always thought Mings is a little bit overrated. You know, Fulham, yeah. impressive, impressive result against Liverpool. I have nothing else to say. This Mitrovic, you know, he impressed me more than he has in other seasons. And I know, you know, the system that Marco Silva plays is going to be different and it's going to cater to him. So we could be seeing him having a huge season. And I would be interesting, I would be very interested to see how he does against Wolves. I he may score, to be quite honest, against them. And we'll see this weekend. Going into Sunday, right? Man City, great result against West Ham. Dominant performance. Erling Holland scoring two goals, in my opinion. The best player from the Premier League this weekend. Uh, obviously you had Darwin Nunez and Mosala having a goal and assist, but to me, Holland is the one that stood out. He is the you know the player, the superstar that the Premier League has that everyone is looking to. You know, you see that with Liga with Messi and, and Mbappe and Neymar. Those are the premier players for League with the Premier League, you know, you have Salah, you have Holland, you have De Bruyne, but Holland is the one that stands out the most to me. So we have that Lucas being correct with his prediction of Brighton beating Manchester United on plus odds. I mean, absolute shocking performance by United. The only goal that they scored was an own goal. They looked so lackluster to me, and it seems like the their squad is having a lot of problems, and McTominay is not the solution. I don't think he's ever been the solution. They need to get someone else into that midfield, and you know, there's talks of Rabiot joining, and I don't think that really helps that situation too much. He does bring a different style of play and is definitely an upgrade over McTominay, but does he make Fred better, right? Fred is a type of player that gets better when there's other great players around him. So if you were to put, let's say, uh, you know, Sergey Melnikovich Savage in there, which they are rumored to be in for, that automatically makes it a totally different United team. So I think they need one or two more players in their midfield, and I think once those changes are made, you'll see a lot of different things happening with United that could be way more positive. for And Brentford drawing 2-2. I mean, this game was Leicester's to to win, and they kind of just choked it away. Brendan Rodgers not subbing in any players except for, you know, DACA for Dewsbury Hall, who played great, by the way. Uh, I think that says a lot about him and his management of the game. Leicester should have really won this game. And if you're looking at the subs that Frank made, you know, he's used all five subs, and in a season that's gonna be so long where players are tired as well, you can see the impact immediately for this and this result for Brentford. Marseille beats Rem, 4-1. You know, you had Tavares scoring, and then you also had Balogun scoring for Arsenal, which is an interesting tidbit. And then Montpelier beating Troy, 3-2. That was also something that impressed me. Lille beating Auxerre 4-1. Also very impressive. I think, you know, you're looking through the Bundesliga. Cologne beating Schalke 3-1. They they lost Modest uh, as well to Dortmund. So it's going to be a big blow for Cologne this, this season. It's going to be very interesting to see if they stay up. Stuttgart and RB Leipzig. Shock result for me drawing 1-1 one, one each. I mean, really, really shocked by that. I uh, didn't expect it, but you know Leipzig at the same time have signed Timo Werner. They've also agreed to bring on Sesko for next season. So really, overall impressed by their window. You know, I'm personally just just looking at this. The teams that really won this weekend, in my opinion, just overall PSG, Bayern Munich, Dortmund. You know, Arsenal very clearly to me as well, and. I think that if I didn't mention Manchester City just now, I'm mentioning them now as well. Very impressive performance performances by these teams, and we'll look to see what happens with them going on in the title race. Lower down, though, huge result for Fulham and Brighton. Super impressed by them as well. Bournemouth as well. You know, Leeds, I'm higher on Leeds than Lucas is. I do think that they'll end up being a mid-table side, so... Really curious to see what ends up happening there with them. But overall, I mean, I'm looking at the upcoming games for for this weekend, and I think that there's a lot of opportunities for people to have a good time fantasy Premier League-wise or to to even just see good games, right? We have La Liga and Serie A opening up this weekend as well. Sevilla plays Osasuna today at 3, which is 30 minutes from now. We're recording at 2.30. Dortmund is also going to be playing Freiburg in a few minutes, and then we have not playing Lille as well. I think, you know, just looking at the games for this weekend, Arsenal versus Leicester pops out to me. Really interested to see that game. Uh, Brentford against Manchester United. Really want to see how Brentford plays against Manchester United and if Manchester United rebounds back from losing to Brighton last week. And then, you know, just talking through La Liga for for Saturday. I don't really see anything that impressive to me. Even honestly for for Sunday, as well, or even Monday. So no real games of note that pop out to me La Liga wise. Uh, going through and all the way down to League on. I love Monaco versus Rennes. Great game. And then Syria. I bet Alalanza to beat Santoria. That's going to be one of my bets for this weekend. So keep an eye on that. Eintracht, Frankfurt against Hertha BSC. We saw that Eintracht lost to Real Madrid. Honestly, I know they lost 6-1 to Bayern, but the domination that Real Madrid had against them in the Super Cup was way more eye-popping to me. And it just just seemed like they were just not even in the, the same league, like two or three leagues down from where Real Madrid is and the mentality that they have. We have RB Leipzig against Clone and then Schalke versus Gladbach as well. Werder Bremen versus Stuttgart, two old giants who have fallen off going up against each other as well. Uh, but I really want to talk about Chelsea versus Tottenham, and I think that's where my focus is going to be here for the matches for this weekend. Uh, before I get into that, just quick shout to to Salernitana versus Roma, just because I want to see how Roma fares with all the signings that they made. I think the comparisons or the thoughts that they may compete for Serie A is a little bit too overzealous. I do feel, though, that they might be a shoe in for Champions League comparing to how bad of a window Napoli has had. Losing Calabali, losing Mertens. You know, there's there's just a lot of figureheads in that locker room that are no longer there, and I really think is going to take it. But going back to Chelsea versus Tottenham... This game will tell us right off the bat what type of team both of these will be. If Tottenham beats Chelsea, in my opinion, that means way more than, you know, Chelsea just beating Tottenham. Because if Tottenham is able to beat Chelsea, they've only beaten Chelsea at Stamford Ridge three times in the last 30 attempts. So if they beat Chelsea that says a lot about where their mentality is at, how they will perform this season, and whether they may compete further than we think in terms of the just the Champions League challenge, right? However, if they get throttled and they lose to Chelsea and it's the same old Tottenham, I feel like the Champions League is all they're going to get. And that, to me, uh, just tells me everything I know about the culture there, that no matter what manager is in there, they're always kind of going to be the same team competing for Champions League. But whether or not they can win more, whether they can compete for the league or not, that'll really say everything I need to know. I think if Chelsea is to win and if they're to dominate, then my opinion of Chelsea going out of the top four this year is probably going to be incorrect. But it really just depends on what I see from them. They've made some really good signings, but they also have a lot of dead weight on their roster. And I mean, I can go down the list just off the top of my head Emerson, Ross Barkley, you know, Keppa. There's just so many players there that just don't really feel like a fit. And I I don't want to say they're like Arsenal from a couple seasons ago because the quality of their squad is way better compared to where what Arsenal was a couple years ago. It's just they just need a lot of retooling. They need a lot of players to go out and they need to really make a lot more signings, you know. And the credit to the owner, he's made good signings, whether I think the they're just signing players just to sign them. I mean, I kind of disagree with that. I think there's a purpose to these signings. I really like Cucurella. I think he's going to fit in. He can play the left side of the three at the back. He could also play as a left wing back or a left back in a you know, 4-3-3 formation, 4-4-2, whatever it is. As long as it's four at the back, he can fill in as that regular left back role. But I just, I just feel like this is the game, and it's going to tell us everything we need to know. About these two teams this season. Now, going into kind of what else I wanted to talk about, I mean, I just wanted to go in before we talk about our bets and talk about La Liga and their player registrations and how Real Betis and Barcelona are struggling to register these players. It is reported that Kessie and Christensen can go sign with another team if they are not registered in time for opening weekend. So, that's a really interesting clause to me. I don't feel like they will necessarily leave. I do feel like there's a lot of opportunity there though. and I think that seeing Barcelona struggles it just I mean it just tells me a lot more of what I know. Their owner in an interview, not their owner sorry Leeds United's owner in an interview was asked whether or not he thinks Barcelona would pay him and he literally said, and I can quote this, we will see September second, so that is when the first payment for Rafinha is, and they will really see what ends up happening there for that player. And you know, it's just it's. I know that they're playing paying with pulling levers and everything, and they're trying to finance all these signings. But you're essentially taking a loan out against your your future performance by doing so, and. I think that Barcelona, if they can get these players registered, will have a great season. There's no doubt in my mind. You know, right now, I personally think they could be a dark horse for the Champions League with the signings that they've made. But that really just depends on the things going outside of the squad. You know, the pressure that they're putting on Breathwaite and De Jong to to leave is so interesting to me. They're doing the same thing with Adama Yang and Chelsea uh, right now, essentially trying to get him to leave and really treating them poorly after they just signed him six months ago. So I just uh, I, I feel for these players, but they should know better than than what they, they did. They should know better than what they signed up for. And would I be shocked to see Lewandowski in a similar position a couple years from now? I won't. And that tells you everything you need to know about their club. Real Betis kind of, you know, Blows my mind because they have all these players that they also need to register and they they want to sign Hector Bellerin uh, as well and they want Arsenal to cancel the contract, right? Well, in my opinion, I don't think that should be done by Arsenal. I think that they should really send it him wherever there's a club willing to pay a fee for him. At the same time, I understand that Hector wants to go back because he was on loan and he fell in love with the club. But he has to see what's going on over there and kind of, you know, realize that if, he, if Arsenal cancels his contract, he's going to just be a free agent. He probably won't even be able to go to Betis, and he'll probably end up just signing free somewhere else where Arsenal could have gotten a fee. So I feel like they, they won't cancel his contract until this, the window is over uh, or they will wait till the absolute last second. But I feel like they should not cancel it earlier. Now, I do want to go into our bets for the weekend. Uh, last weekend, I understand we gave out, you know, 10 total bets. We didn't really clarify what were our actual picks, and that was totally unfair to, to those of you listening. So I do want to apologize for that. We did get a little carried away, and we didn't really clarify the bets that we had and what our actual picks were. We, we went through really what we really liked, which was a lot, And I think the only fair way to do this is to chalk this up as a 50-50 week. You know, three out of six uh, because we really didn't mention what the picks were and and whether we were correct or not. I do feel like we had, you know, four or five that ended up hitting out of the 10-11 that we gave you. So we'll just do three or six. Obviously, that's favorable for us. I do apologize, but... You know, we also have had a lot of weekends where we've had great success. And if you couple that with the Brighton bet that Lucas has favored against Manchester United, that obviously ended up putting us at a positive EV. So with all this said, you know, we'll call it a three out of six, and we'll just move forward to this weekend. I will give three bets, okay, and we will, we will end the podcast. I think... Obviously, I'm going to pick Dortmund over Freiburg, but that will not count because by the time you guys will be listening to this, the game has already started, and like I said, that's not fair for you. So I do have Adelanta over Sampdoria. Uh, it was near even odds, so I'll just double-check it right now on FanDuel, and, and I'll give you guys the odds. But I really liked Atlanta to open the season against a team that finished 16th in the table. They had, you know... Santoria had really a poor season. No real player that kind of stands out greatly to me. So Alana is minus 130. Really like that bet for them. And I think that's going to be one of the bets that I have placed. I also want to look at the spread for Manchester City against Brentford, uh, not Brentford, sorry, Bournemouth. And that's something else that's really interesting to me. So once I get there, I'll let you guys know. It's at Saturday 10 a.m. Eastern time. If we're checking right now, Manchester City is a three-goal favor at plus 160. Uh, truthfully, that's that's really high, um, but I just I just feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna lock this one in because you get really good odds. Uh, I do think Borman are going to be high off their win opening weekend. And Manchester City has been very complimentary of them. And that usually means that they're going to come in and they're going to be really thorough with how they play against their opposition. Another bet that I've been really thinking about, I don't know if I want to be selfish because full disclosure, I have Phil Foden in my... Uh, fancy Premier League team for this coming weekend. To score or assist, he's minus 185. You know, Holland is minus 500 to score an assist or assist. If you, and unfortunately you can't parlay it for a same game. Uh, if you really think about it, that would have been the play, but at minus 185, I don't think that's good. Now, so I'll skip around to, uh, to La Liga. Let's see what we have here. Okay, Real Sociedad against Cadiz. I like Real Sociedad to win outright at plus 115. They always start the season really strong, and Cadiz finished 17th last season. Uh, No notable signings for Cadiz. Even if Real Sociedad had made no notable signings, they still stay the same, uh, and they still have a lot of quality, and I expect a bounce-back season for Isaac. So that'll be my second bet, Real Sociedad over Cadiz at plus 115. And then we're going to just go towards the third bet here. And you know what, Lucas, this one's for you. If you're listening, I know you're thinking about this bet, so I'm going to do it in your honor. I have Brentford over Manchester United at plus 260. I think, you know, I kind of really like that. But I want to check the double chance And so just to cover ourselves, we'll do Brentford tie no bet at plus 166. So, Lucas, if you're listening, that one's for you. But, um, yeah, other than that, uh, I feel like it was a good episode. I did the best I can solo. If I I can, I'm going to try and bring another guest so we can have a podcast of two people instead of just myself. If not, I guess you guys will just have to enjoy me for a while. So I hope you guys enjoy the show. Enjoy them techers, everybody.